0: In the book of Ecclesiastes, if you want to turn to chapter six, we're going to continue on in our study. Last week, if you were here, uh, really the last couple of weeks, we've been on this theme of riches, riches and wealth, and and really the the theme of the those passages are, are riches don't do it for us. They won't make us happy. They won't be the. They're not the secret ingredient. In fact, uh, you can have all the wealth in all the world and not be happy, uh, not experience the joy that comes uh, only from God. It's only a gift uh, of His. And, and so we, we look at that and wealth won't make us happy, and yet He can make us happy even if we have just a simple meal. Uh, joy comes from Him. Uh, riches won't do it for us. And today uh, we're going to look and start uh, in a passage, really a, a longer passage this morning, I I promise I will try to keep up the pace, and so we won't be here till 5 o'clock this afternoon. I know some of you have birthday parties to go to and stuff like that. So um, as we look at God's Word this morning, I want to start in chapter 6, verse 10. If you'd stand in honor of God's Word, uh, I would like to read to you, starting in verse 10 and then going down in chapter 7 through verse uh, 14. God's Word says this, whatever has come to be has already been named, and it is is known what man is, and he is not able to dispute with one stronger than he. The more words, uh, the more vanity, and what advantage, what is the advantage to man? For who knows what is good for man while he lives the few days of his vain life, which passes like a shadow? For who can tell a man what will be after him under the sun? Skipping down to our next chapter, chapter seven, verse one. A good name is better than precious ointment and the day of death uh, than the day of birth. It is better to go into a house of mourning than to go into a house of feasting, for this is the end of all mankind and the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter. Uh, For by sadness of face, the heart is made glad. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. Uh, it, It is better for a man to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the song of fools. For as a crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fools. This also is vanity. Surely oppression drives the the wise into madness, and a bribe corrupts the heart. Better is the end of a thing than its beginning, and the patient uh, in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the hearts of fools. Say not, why were the former days better than these? For uh, it is not from wisdom that you ask this. Wisdom is good with an inheritance and an advantage to those who see the sun. For the protection of wisdom is like the protection of money. Uh, And the advantage of knowledge is the wisdom. uh, And that wisdom preserves the life of him who has it. Consider the work of God who can make straight what he has made crooked. In the day of prosperity, be joyful, and in the day of adversity, consider, God has made the one as well as the other, so that man may uh, not find out anything that will be after him. God, we ask your blessing on your word. We ask that you would help draw out of it to us that which we need, uh, really, for this moment uh, in time, this season of life, these days that you have granted us. God, thank you for your kindness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The issues of life. The issues of life. We start out in uh, the end of chapter 6, and we see some of the problems of life. And I want to tell you that, uh, that life is filled with problems, Don't be caught off guard by them. Don't be surprised. I know that some have lived easier lives than others, and some have escaped much of adversity of life. And yet, uh, in in our minds, sometimes we have read too many cartoons, or we've watched too much TV, and uh, we've seen this ideal that that everything's going to be perfect, and that if I walk with God, He'll take away all my sickness, He'll take away all my heartache. Uh, I'll somehow skip over all the problems of life. And that's what God does for His people. Uh, I want to tell you that in this very room, in this very room, we have almost all the problems that life could happen as believers, as believers. Uh, I think that we could stand up. It would be a very long service and we would say, "Well, who has experienced this?" And were, some of you would stand, and, and others would be able to tell stories, and you'd be able to share heartaches. Uh, and this is walking with the Lord. And so to know that life is filled with problems, and yet uh, somehow we live in this fantasy that we can somehow escape all these things if we if we know Him. That's not true. In verse ten. Uh, Ten through the end of the chapter, we see the problems of life. The first problem he brings up in this passage is the issue of the the naming. Everything's been named. Uh, The idea of that is is this idea that we want to be the first to know or the first to know or to invent something or to be the one that stumbles upon it first and so that we get to name it. Uh, We have uh, places here in Tehachapi. Uh, that are named because of the, the ones who kind of settled the area, Cummings Valley. Uh, so you know the Cummings family, they were here and they, they settled. It was named that. We want to be the one to be first, but the reality is we are late to the show. We are late to the show. He starts out and he says, whatever has come has already been named. Uh, the, the idea of naming something, too, is kind of being the owner The one who knows it best to know what to name uh, something or some place. He says everything's already been named uh, and is known to man. And then he goes on to talk about the problem of one stronger than him. Uh, Growing up in Tehachapi, it's easy uh, for our kids to think they're hot stuff, right? Because it's Tehachapi, you know. I remember uh, some of the girls in the youth group were joking about. being, uh, being the, the prettiest girl in East Golden Hills, you know, uh, uh, you know, and 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 them talking about the different areas. Well, i Miss, uh, you know, the Bright Valley or something like that, you know. Uh, but there's only, you're only one of you, the idea is uh, to be a big fish in a small pond is easy, but the idea of finding one stronger than you. Uh, there will always be one stronger than you. And that frustration of life where you're not the first, you're not the strongest, yeah, you're not the best. And in that, you go to verse 11, he shares another problem of life, confusion of what to do. Uh, you know, this is, he, he says, the more words, the more vanity. And what is this, the advantage to man? What is the advantage? What is it that I'm supposed to be doing a lot of times we fill our time or fill our our confusion with words. And he says, don't do it. Why? Because the more words, the more vanity or the more meaninglessness or the more fleeting is your life. Uh, There's this confusion of life that besets everyone. And and don't feel alone in that. Uh, We all struggle with that. And it's part of what it is to live here. Uh, You see that Want to be first, want to be the strongest and not being that, and then the confusion of what to do. We'll get back to that because I believe the next section kind of answers verse 11 where it says, what is the advantage to man? What is better? Is there a better way? We're always kicking around this idea. Is there something better out there for me in my life? Verse 12, uh, for who knows what is good for man while he lives his few days in this vain life? which passes like a shadow. Or who can tell a man what will come after him? One of the other problems of life that comes up is the shortness of life, right? I, I know that most of us who are a little bit older, we would say, Oh, I wish I would have. I wish I would have. I really wish if I, you know, if I, if I had to do it all over again, I, I wish I would have done this differently. I wish I would have gone here. I wish I would have learned how to do this. And the, the problem with that is, is what? You can't do everything. I think one of the, the difficulties when we tell young people that is we say, well, we have all these regrets. You can do it. If you, you can do everything in this world. And you know what they're going to say when they get older? I wish I would have, you know. I wish I would have done this differently. He brings up a truth that comes up over and over in the book of Ecclesiastes. Few days, few days of this vain life. That's what your life and my life, really everyone's life is. Just a few days, just a few days. And that should tell us some things, right? Uh, The importance of this day is If it's only one of a few, there's an importance to it, and it can't be wasted. It can't be wasted. And so uh, there's an urgency to all this that says, hey, if I only have a few days, I better make it count. Uh, He also brings up the other problem. There's the problem of death, the few days, but also the problem of the future, the problem of the future, He says, for who can tell a man what will come after him under the sun? That's why fortune tellers make a fortune, right? (laughs) Is because people desire that. And even if it's some kind of crazy demonic thing or just a, a scam of some sort, people love it. Why? Because they want to know what's coming next. And yet you cannot know. The only one who knows that is God. We realize, I turned myself off. Maybe I was muting myself. Some of you wish you could do that, right? The button for the pastor. Turn him off. Uh, Trap door. He goes away. Um, We look at this and we see Uh, death in the future as being a problem. And some of us, it's crippling as we think about these things. We think about that one day we too will die, or maybe it's what's going to happen next week. It keeps me up at night, and I'm going to tell you, these are the problems of this life, problems of this life. He moves on from the problems of life to a, a better life, a better life. And he wants to answer really the question, If you look in verse 12, for who knows what is good for a man, or even in verse 11, what is their advantage to man? There's got to be something better. And I want to tell you, uh, there is something better. There's a better life. And he goes into this section of verses that that spill out uh, a very Proverbs-like wisdom that comes from God. And so we're going to go through that and see what are the answers to life? What are the where is the wisdom of this life? And and I want to encourage you. We'll get to it in the end as well. But as you come up to the issues that you have going on today or the things that you're concerned about for the future, chances are there's specific pieces of God's wisdom that you need to go forward. There's at least two ways to handle your situation. And I just say it, even as James says it, there's wisdom from above and there's wisdom from below. And as we look at this passage, he wants to give us, he wants to give us the wisdom that is from above. And without which, uh, you won't get it. You won't get it. Some of the things that I'm going to read to you right now, and we're going to go over you're going to think in your own mind and in the minds of your family, your friends, our country, you're going to think it's the complete opposite. But we want to hear from God uh, that He might direct us. So here we go. Uh, These are Proverbs like a list of wisdom. The first one, uh, as we look at verse 1, it says, A good name is better than precious ointment. A good name. That your reputation, uh, that which people think of when they think of you, Um, The the idea of a good name is when somebody mentions your name, they think well of you. They think of you as a a person of character, a a person that is what man should be. A good name is better than um, this precious ointment. Uh, Precious ointment was a currency of sorts, and it was kind of a badge of the good life. Uh, Bed, Bath, and Beyond, right? No, not Bed, what was the other one? Bath and Body Works. Thank you. Thank you. I knew it had something to do with beds or baths or something beyond. Um, been there quite a few times. I hang out there. Um, anyways, um, it was a sign of the good life. And, and m- much of life, most people uh, seek that good life, the idea of having something of value really a a currency, a sign of wealth that will make life better for them. And he says, no, Uh, what's better than that, if you have to trade one or the other, it's better to have a good name, a good name than fine things or uh, fine luxuries that would point to your wealth. So a good name is better. As we go through this list, uh, really remember that idea of better. Uh, there's always something better, and and it's God's way that is better for you and for me. He goes on to talk about how difficulty teaches, and l- labels a few things here. Uh, as he goes on, he says, verse one, and the day of death is uh, is better, and the day of death than the day of birth. How can that be better? That's one of the ones that we would look at and go, no, 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 no. Uh, As we saw little Rachel Irene here, right? You know, she's just beautiful. And you go, uh, isn't she beautiful? And and so how many of you would say it's better to be on the verge of death than to see this little one right here? And we go, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Um, I believe his point here is this, um, that even if you can follow the thinking of the writer, uh, the, the preacher in the book of Ecclesiastes, he is world weary, world weary. As he looks at the world, it makes him tired. It makes him tired. Um, it, when you're young, there's a sense of energy for everything, right? There's a sense of energy. You get excited about things and you're, you're like, yeah, let's let's go hiking up a mountain. And most of us are like, Let's go hiking down a mountain, right? That that sounds like a better deal. And can I get the gondola to take me up to the top? Uh, uh, that, that that's the idea. Or can I watch it on TV? You know, uh, can I can I see this? Because why? Because the weariness of life, the struggles of life, are all um, they they tire us out. They wipe us out sometimes. And so he he pictures. Uh, what's the difference between the day of death and the day of birth? Well, birth, you have all those mountains before you. And the day of death, you've completed the course. And you no longer have to deal with the the weariness of the world. He goes on to say in verse 2, it's better to go into the house of mourning than to go in the house of feasting. And that just sounds ridiculous. That sounds like something that none of us would do it say well do you want to go to a party uh where there's going to be it's going to be fun you know there's going to be great music and uh, great food and there's just feast before you or uh there's someone uh who lost a loved one you want to go over to their house and we'll just talk with them and you're like i'll take the party i'll take the party And he says, no, uh, the house of mourning is better. Well, why? Um, He says, it's better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For this is the end of all mankind. And for the living will lay it to heart. The idea here is that this heartache of others will teach you. It it will prepare you for your own end. For your own end. I want to encourage you. Uh. When someone around you passes away, or when someone you know, or in some way in this church body, uh, someone is grieving, don't shy away. Don't shy away. Look for opportunities to serve. Look for opportunities to care. It's your instruction and preparation for your own soul. It's, it's for you. Why? Why? Because we too will all be in the end. We too will all experience grief. It's preparation. And I want to tell you that difficulty teaches uh, death and the house of mourning. He he goes on in verse 3. He says, sorrow is better. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of face it is made glad. Uh, probably the idea there is not just that it's good to be sad. But uh, the reality of sadness, the reality of sadness, there's a there's a sense sometimes of laughter that it's fake. Right. Uh, That we're just laughing loud and we're going to everything's going to be fine. And there's just so many funny things of this life. Some of the things of this life aren't that funny and it's okay to embrace them. In fact, uh, the reality of sorrow, if that's the case, is better than laughter. In fact, uh, people seek to cover sometimes the emptiness of their life. I know some of you have been following in the news the last couple of weeks. Some very um, successful, in our eyes, people have taken their lives, and it shocks us. It shocks us. And yet the reality is uh, that life isn't as good. Some people carry some heavy burdens uh, without which the Lord, without the Lord uh, are unbearable. And then in verse 4, uh, he says, The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, uh, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. That, that idea of amusement, uh, the house of amusement. Um, we, we like to somehow amuse ourselves through life to somehow get over it. Uh, and he says once again that this is, these difficulties will teach you. Um, I don't think we should seek out difficulties in this life. But we should also not shy away from them as well. Why? Because the difficulty of life teaches us what we need to know. What we need to know. And you can reflect on that in your own heart right now. Some of you have gone through desperately difficult times. Uh, You've been hurt and you've gone through hurt and uh, sicknesses and loss. And I want to tell you. For you to dwell on that in a sense of what can this teach me? What does the Lord have for me in this is important for you and for me. We move on to verse five and it's genuine wise words. Um, In verse five, it says it is better for a man to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the song of fools. Uh, For as a crackling of thorn under a pot, so is the laughter of fools. This also is vanity. this is very important, and as I think about our culture right now, uh, I think it's pretty critical for us. Uh, what, what do you like to hear? What do you like to hear? Well, who do you like to hear? You like to hear people who will tell you you're great. You, you like to hear people say, you're doing the best. You, you, you're perfect. You're perfect. Um. What does this passage tell us? It tells us that you want genuine wise words. It's better uh, for a man to hear the rebuke of wise men. I want to tell you it's wise men, right? if If people are hard on you and they rebuke you all the time and they're not wise, that is not good for you. That's not good for you. In fact, it will train you to be someone other than God wants you to be. But to hear rebuke, correction from those who are wise, boy, that's a treasure for you. That's something we should seek. Uh, I I want to tell you that we should love to hear when people tell us we're wrong. I know that sounds counterintuitive. I, I know that doesn't sound right. But if they're truly wise and they're sharing with us where we're wrong, it's good for us. That's true. That's true for grandparents and parents. That's true for a married couple, husband and wife. I struggle with this. I would rather that everyone tell me I'm right all the time. I would rather that. That's what I like to hear. But he says, what's better, look down at it, right? What's better? It's better for a man to hear the rebuke of the wise. Than to hear the song of fools. Think about that. The song of fools. Uh, This is my favorite song. I just play it over and over again. It makes me happy. It pumps me up. It's my walk-up song. Okay, It's the thing that gets me going. It's the thing that gets me going. This is my favorite song. And so I I buy the song. I put it on my phone. I, 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 I replay it over and over again. It makes me happy. It makes me happy. It's not true. It's not true. It's just, I like the tune. I like the words. It pumps me up. It's not reality. And so he says it's better, it's better to have genuine wise words, those rebuke. Uh, what should we like to hear? We should like to hear the rebuke of the wise for us. He speaks of this crackling under a pot. Um, the picture there is this, that those uh, those little pieces of wood, those little, um, in this passage, in this translation, it says thorns, the crackling of thorns. The, the picture there is this, that uh, as one writer said it like this, these crackling of thorns, it gives quick flames, but little heat and a lot of noise. And that is uh, the ones that those, those fools that uh, aren't in touch with reality, aren't saying wise words into our life, Aren't willing to rebuke us. Uh, they're noisy. Uh, they don't produce a whole lot, um, and they 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 flame out. They're the ones that are just there for a moment. And and in this, what are they? What is it? Vanity again. Vanity. It's it, it's something that will not last. Verse six. We move on. Verse seven. The poisoning of the well. He says, surely oppression drives. Uh, the wise into madness, and a bribe corrupts the heart. Um, He's saying this both for himself, that he doesn't want to be this person, nor to guide them away to a better position, that you want to be careful of the poisoning of the well. A constant oppression will ruin someone. So will the, the selling out of a bribe, the idea of taking someone from a position of where they should be, to ruining them for the future um these are there's a better way there's there's a better way to live as a man of character we move to verse eight um he says better is the end of a thing than its beginning most of us just like the beginning right uh we like to start projects finishing them that's a different deal right we like to start reading books uh but usually we peter out. It's interesting. Do uh, you know why? You, most of the time, you don't finish a book, and you kind of peter out, because most of the time the writers do as well. They work really hard on those first couple of chapters because they got this great idea. But they're, uh, you know, the publisher wants twelve chapters, right? <laughs> And so the first two, three, four, and then wah, 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 wah. Uh, But this idea of uh, starting things sounds fun, but finishing them is difficult. And he says, no, it's not about just the start. It's about the finish. Why? Because the end tells the whole story. The end tells the whole story. I want to encourage you with this. Some of you are here today, and um, you haven't done so well. Your history is not that great. Uh, In fact, uh, you're trying to forget some of that history. You're trying to forget some of those early days and the previous ideas that you held. And, you know, you're going, "Ah, I just, I want to tell you, end well, end well. Walk with the Lord. Trust Him. As a child would trust His Father. Take this end of your life, these last few years or days or months, whatever the Lord has for you, and focus on ending well. Why? Because the end tells the whole story. It's the destination. He moves on in uh, middle of verse eight. He says, uh, he says, better is the end uh, of a thing than its beginning." And then, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. That seems obvious, but this idea of the, the proud one, the proud one, says, "I will bend this to my will. I will overcome, I will make it happen." The patient one says this: "I will keep at it. I will keep at it. I will keep walking. I will wait for the Lord to provide." Uh, and he says, "What's better? The patient is better, not the proud." Verse nine, he goes to anger. He says, "Be not quick in your spirit to become ang- angry." And anger lodges in the heart of fools. Uh, sometimes we equate anger with being a strong person or a strong personality. It's not. It's not. Uh, anger, anger, this type of anger that he's speaking of is, comes from pride and selfishness and really is more childish than anything. And he says, be careful. Uh, if we, when we see anger come up, he says, no, Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the heart of fools. It really distinguishes someone who is not wise but is foolish. Uh, it marks them as the ones who are angry. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're, we're almost done, kind of. Um, verse 10, he, sa- he talks about looking back. He says, Say not why were the former days better than these, for it is not from wisdom that you ask this. Think about that. Think about that verse. We talked about the the last verse in the in chapter five. I think it's verse twenty. Uh, how it speaks of of your past, your past. And I realize that when you're in fourth grade, um, you even do this in fourth grade. You say, "Yeah, I remember way back in last year. Last year, the you know the playground was so much better. You know, we had." had a better group of friends and fourth grade. Man, this has been rough, you know. Life's tough in fourth grade. Uh, I want to tell you that there's a tendency in us, for all of us, to look back and remember it as the good old days. Remember it as the good old days. Today is bad. Those days were good. Uh, There's a lot of different reasons for that. And there might be, uh, I want to tell you, there is some, things that are better in different times different times i want to tell you uh the phones you grew up with were not better than the ones today they weren't they you know your you know what your phone could do when you were growing up for most of you, you could make a phone call and even that you had to wait until it kind of got all the way back to put the next number in right tick 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 tick, tick yeah uh you know, the, the, the picture there is this, that not everything was better, but why do we think that? Well, first of all, our memory's not that good, right? Our, our memory's not that good. We, we have forgotten some of the difficulties of it. We've forgotten. Um, some of it we didn't even know, right? Some of it we didn't even know. I think that's interesting when you you, you sit with your parents who are adults, and if they have all their faculties and they can remember well, You start talking about events and and kids a lot of times go, yeah, you remember that great time? And they go, yeah, I I was there, you know, I was there. I didn't remember it to be all that great. In fact, I remember it to be this, this, and this. And as a kid, you go, no, I thought it was great. Uh, And you say, well, you remember that great person? And, and they kind of cringe. And they say, why are you cringing? They weren't a great person. I knew this about them. and this, We start hearing the fuller story. If we could truly see what was going on, we would realize that in reality, because we live in a sinful world, there's difficulties for every season and every time. And he says to look back, and to say, why, why not were the former days? Why were the former days better than these? Why was it so good in the good old days? Why is it not good today? Uh, he, says that he, he says, that's not wisdom, for it is not from wisdom that you ask this. He moves on to wealth, wisdom with wealth. Okay, very important you get this. Wisdom with wealth. And reality, it could be wisdom with anything. Okay? It doesn't have to be just wealth. Wisdom with anything. Verse 11, wisdom is good with an inheritance and an advantage to those who see the sun. For the protection of wisdom is like the protection of money. And the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves life of him who has it. Wisdom is the key. Think about that right now. Uh, We look back in the previous passage and it spoke of wealth uh, with the joy of the Lord. Really wealth with God. And right now, we're looking at wisdom and wealth. Well, it's wealth with, inheritance with God. It's Him being with you. And it's not just inheritance. It's not just wealth. That is not the key. The key is wisdom that comes from God. It's walking with Him and seeing Him provide joy in that. This is the better way for you and for me. And then lastly, in this list... And God's work is supreme. Verse 13, consider the work of God. Who can make straight what he has made crooked? You look at this and you say, who can fight against God? Well, we all can fight against God. We've done it, right? Can I get a show of hands? (laughs) Uh, We've fought against God. We said, God, I don't want this. God, I don't like the way this is. I'm going to change it. I'm going to change what you have done. Uh, And he says, think about it, consider it, Uh, that God is supreme. He is the one over and what he has made, uh, no one can straighten. And I would say it the other way, what he has made straight, no one can make crooked. Like this is the work of God that he reigns over all. So we have um, the problems of life. We have the better life, which I just went over uh, those verses there. Those were in poetic kind of Proverbs type form. And now in verse 14, we see God's control of all of life. God's control of all of life. And he says this in the day of prosperity, be joyful. And in the day of adversity, consider God has made one as well as the other so that man may not find out anything uh, that will be after him. Think about this. First of all god 's control over all of life. if you're in a day of prosperity, it says, "Be joyful." And he's not saying <laughs> some of us are very mechanical, and we 're like, "What should I be feeling right now uh we're, we're you know we We take life, you know we're really circumspect, and we're like, i'm not sure how I'm supposed to be feeling right now." And it says, "Oh, uh, and, and you you argue with yourself. if it's a great day, you go. I don't, want to be, I don't want to be too happy, you know, because tomorrow the, you know, it may be a bad day. And so maybe if I'm too happy, a bad day, like you, you overthink everything. And he says this, if you're in a day of prosperity, it's good for you to enjoy it. It's good for you to embrace that. It's good for you to acknowledge that day of prosperity is a time for joy. Let it rip. Let it rip. If today is a day of prosperity, be joyful, be joyful. He goes to the opposite extreme and he says, and and if the day of adversity, consider, consider. So there's there's a possibility of two different days. I realize that most of our days are a combo platter, right? Uh, There's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, right? And uh, some moments are, are things to be joyful about and some feel like the adversity. But he says this, and in the day of adversity, consider God has made the one as well as the other. It's to picture God's control of all of life. We have this uh, sense that uh, God is working out His plan. Working out His plan. He, He's working out His good plan. And when He does good, He does good, it's the day of prosperity it's a day of prosperity. And, and so we're happy and joyful. And then, uh, but if it's the day of adversity, somehow God missed this. Maybe he fell asleep. Maybe he missed the details of my life. Maybe he overlooked me somehow. Maybe there's some sense where he was working on some other town and some, uh, in some other place and some other person. And he says, no, no, think about this that God was intimately involved in the day of prosperity for you so be joyful but in the day of adversity and, and and I don't want to say this lightly I know I know there there are people here today that have gone through horrendous things you've had days that were the day of adversity you've gotten news that you couldn't bear you, you it come to completion, the, the, your house had finally fallen apart. Like you, you'd gotten to those days. You, you remember those tears. But to know this is very important. This is the Word of God. God made the day of prosperity. God made the day of adversity. He made that. And uh, part of that is us working life out here in the sinful world. But part of that is for our good and plans that we couldn't understand and things that He was merciful and gracious for, for the future for you. It's hard for us to figure out, and I'm there with you, uh, but I trust in the Word of God to just say this. In the day of adversity, we may not understand why. We may not understand why, but we can say this. I know God made this day. I know he made this day with purpose. He made this with purpose. Um, the future, I don't know. The future, I don't know. I don't know how this will play out. But I know this, that he makes the day of prosperity. But also he is in charge of the day of adversity. I want to tie this up for us this morning. Just three things. First is this, we are insufficient for this life, or I should say man is insufficient for this life. So we are insufficient for this life. So I am insufficient for this life. I come up empty. And some of you are saying, well, is this supposed to be a happy message? Yes, it's a happy message. Um, If if we were going into a war, if we were going into a war, and you pulled out your, your Nerf gun, your Nerf gun, your kid's Nerf gun, and you say, I'm ready for war. I'm going out there. Um, I want to tell you, it's good for you to know that you're insufficient right there. It's good for you to know that you don't have enough. This is a good place for you to be because it brings you dependent on God. So we are insufficient for this life. Second point is this, tying this up for us this morning. Look for the better way. Look for the better way. Every turn in life, look for the better way. And it's God's way. And it's God's way. Um, You don't want to do it the way your family would do something. You don't want to do it the way your peers are doing it. You don't want to do it how you see it on the news, the celebrities, how they're handling life. You want to go God's way. And this passage that we went over, chapter 7, gives you God's wisdom. The book of Proverbs gives you God's wisdom. And you're in search of God's better way for you. And lastly, God made the day. God made the day. So let us somehow embrace it, whether it's a great day of adversity or an amazing day of prosperity. Remember that God made the day. God, thank you for this morning. Um, thank you for the blessings of this life. And God, I ask that you would mark us with this message, as that you would help us to see our emptiness without you. And as we consider uh, in this day and this time, your son Jesus, that he would be the one to cover sinners, to bring us from death to life. Uh, to bring us into your family. God, we thank you for Jesus. God, help us to to think this way. Help us to not slip back into the ways uh, of everyone else's thoughts, of uh, wisdom that comes from really below, not from above. God, thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.